Hello, everyone, and welcome to Two Goals. I'm Maria Laura. And I'm Katia. And we're welcoming today Brazilian-born Lydia Varia, an expert in communications and brand positioning who relocated to Cyprus, a country far from home, to develop her passion and ensure her talent becomes a key component to grow the women's game. Alongside sharing her anecdotes, Lydia will be discussing with us some of her volunteering projects on fandom in Cyprus and coverage of women's football. Lydia, it's a pleasure to have you here and welcome to Two Goals. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for having me and I'm really excited to be here and also I love the work you guys are doing. So yeah, I'm just so happy to be here with you too. Thank you very much for your kind words. And actually, we tend to start always at the very beginning of our guest lives. But in this case, I want to connect this with something very recent. UEFA launched a campaign raising awareness of the game-changing impact of women on the European football communities, where you were picked as one of the perfect samples of an inspiring story for women and girls to make their own mark in the game. Now, fast backwards to you as a youngster, Did you have a female role model back then in sports or in your life? Something to look at or someone to look after? Yeah. Um, well, in, in life, uh, yes, I had the privilege to just uh, grow up surrounded by some amazing uh, ladies. Uh, but as I said to UF, uh, in sport, uh, not really. Uh, even in football, you know, I am from a generation that Uh, we, I would see sport as a hobby, you know, some things to watch on TV or, uh, or just yeah, to go uh, to the stadiums. And for me, uh, of course, everyone knows Marta and Formiga, you know, but if at that time a player could not make a good salary, you know, it was hard to, uh, to dream to become a professional player. So I would never imagine uh, myself working football. Uh, so, so yeah, I, this was really a recent, uh, this, this idea about working it, but of course, uh, yeah, growing up, it wasn't an idea at all. Yeah. I mean, we all have, I don't know why, but we all have Martin for me in our heads, <laughs> especially for me, as you mentioned, I remember about it because we are always talking about her and she will stay For, for sure, for more years, and you will be inspiring more girls. So in 20 years, we will talking, we will be interviewing more girls, and they will say that Formiga is there, <laughs> was the, she was their, their, their idol. But now let's yeah. enter into your, into your pathway, uh, educational pathway. Um, and regarding your studies, you have a bachelor degree in social communication. How did mm -hmm. you choose this educational pathway? Was it sports and motivation for, for this choice? Yeah, yeah. As I said, like not at all because I never saw myself working uh, in sports. Uh, I chose it because I I love uh, connecting people. I love talking as catch those with my WhatsApp audios. <laughs> uh, so uh, a fun fact: I really love to do something related to the ocean because I love the ocean. You know, so I was seeing like biology or something but then one of my friends when they're talking high school she said like oh you want to spend most of our day just seeing animals and things like I'd rather to be people and then I thought oh yeah she's so right so I started looking another uh, opportunities in one of my be best friends her parents work in marketing communication area and I thought it was really interesting you know because I, I'm not a big fan of protein 
And I would say like one day they're talking about, I don't know, like, you know, how to sell shoes and another day they're talking about gaming. So it's just different topics, different activities. So I really love uh, what they're doing. So then, so then I opt for, uh, for communication area. And we have discussed plenty of times that it is not only about attending universities or just this formal education, but there are also many multiple experiences that kind of like pave your path into developing a career. And you were a volunteer for seven years in the United States for the Chicago Eagles, an organization with the mission of glorifying God and transforming lives by sharing the message of Jesus Christ to the global environment of soccer. This is quite, I mean, this is the first time I've noticed this and it is really interesting to see that there is a connection that I want you to explain it because you also study a degree in theology. Could you please tell us and develop to our audiences, is there an existing connection between sports and religion from what you know? Yeah, I mean, I, I rather to call it relationship uh, than religion. You know, I believe we can have a relationship uh, with God through Jesus Christ. And of course, because I believe in it and I believe in his word, um, that is the Bible. Everything I do in life is based on it, you know, because this is what I believe. So if I believe that God has created us and has a purpose for our life, there is no way I would disconnect any area of my life from God. And sport is one of, of them. I, I just love how sport uh, connects people, how sports can bring people together, how it's a amazing too to develop people to social change and yeah it's just an, an awesome platform also to to share his love and uh and as i i said uh when i i made my feedback about what you have proposed because i i got a lot of great messages and a lot of love and uh for from friends and family i just said everything i do is with so much passion uh in love because Again, as a, as a follower of Jesus, I just want to serve a lot of people the same way he has love to you. And it's going to affect the way uh, I'm going to work, you know. And if you get like humans football, you know, there's a lot of things. You keep talking about it. There's a lot, lot of things to improve. You know, we need to, uh, to get more stuff. We deserve more, you know. And, and I'm working for it. You know, wherever I go, like here in Cyprus, I want to be involved because I care of the players. I want to. I want to see the sports growing. I want to see the girls developing. Uh, but all of these things like the competition, you know, the prices, the recognitions, the fame, all of those things are going to fade away. So I hope while I'm also doing this, I can just show that we should have an eternal perspective. And probably you see, if you went to my social medias, you see in my bio, one of the things I have there is like, oh, I focus my eyes on unseen things that it means is a uh, Bible verse that means eternal things. Because as I said, I if I put all my hope in things from here, so when the, those things uh, fade away, what is I'm gonna hold on? So so I hope like while, while I'm working, I'm just also bring some like uh, hope and some love, you know, some grace from, from people around me. So, so the connection exists, as I said, in sports and another areas in my life, because this is, Again, I just believe God has a purpose that goes beyond our life here. So, and uh, your your personal life included in your uh, professional life. You're you're a mother, a mother of two. So we're talking. We will talk about motherhood, and we are always hearing cases regarding it. Uh, and and 
connecting with football and now it is important to tackle and solve solve these issues uh, especially not only the the women that are playing which is the issue that comes up a lot but also the women in football women working in football and in your case there was a period of time uh, between roles where you stayed home after becoming a mom and this kind of pe uh, periods of time sometimes they are difficult for future employers to understand it so when you decided to get back to work did you find it hard to uh, for potential employers from the football industry to rely on your job because there was a time gap in your cv yeah uh, for me like not really because this was the time i was getting cyprus uh, so uh, when i moved to cyprus samuel was six months old and my other daughter four years So when I moved here, I just connect with uh, Apollon ladies. And at first I offered to work as a volunteer, you know, it, because I was new, new here. So I didn't know the culture. I didn't know how my routine would be, you know, and, and I didn't have family or friends here that I couldn't trust, like to just, okay, can you take care of my kids while I do this job, you know? So I, I didn't want to commit to something that I would get stressed or I couldn't handle it. Uh, so because I started as a volunteer, I didn't have this pressure. And of course, when was the time to get a real job, they already knew me. They already knew my job. They already trust me. So the process was uh, was smooth. But but I know it's it's hard, you know, for uh, for some ladies that they have like this gap. And and one thing I've, I think I read this past week, even like the LinkedIn, uh, they're fixing it. You know, they are making sure they're going to include this kind of roles, even like sabbatical or, uh, and not just stay at home mom, but also stay at home daddy, because sometimes some countries is normal also, like they taking turns. Uh, so they're, they're changing it. So you can put this and you don't have like this blank. Uh, but I, I am glad some federations and even like we have some examples in Brazil, we have Tamiris, Like she's a mom and she's still playing uh, really high level. And we just have like Alex Morgan also uh, the same example. Uh, so I, I, I feel it's really good also uh, that we have those uh, people you can see that they didn't stop their lives uh, because of kids. And and, and yeah, like we, we kept doing everything. Like those times, if you, if you get the time we did the summer academy, uh, we, we had our two kids going with us. Samuel, his first... Summer Academy, he was two months old, you know, in the middle of 40 uh, college athletes. But it's good. I have 40 babysitters uh, to help me. So, so yeah, it's it's fun. And, and but yeah, but it's challenging for sure. Being a mom and, and getting back. Uh, and, and I feel like in this communication area, it's just so much things going on. And, you know, uh, as I said, when I was studying, I don't know, Facebook wasn't a, a thing, you know, and now we have TikTok, you know, Clubhouse. So every time there's something new and it's staying a, a, a long time out of uh, the area can be yeah, really hard then to catch up. Definitely. And before jumping into this professional part of you where you're an expert in social media, I just wanted to mention that there is a fun fact related to motherhood. And I remember one of the, the main leaders around the world who, who were one of the best dealing with the pandemia and with the coronavirus. It was the, I think it was the president. I don't, I'm not sure it was president or prime minister of New Zealand. And she did this while she was having a baby. 
So that's like an incredible example of what you're mentioning, which is that this is a natural thing. I mean, for some mothers, I mean, it is also a choice for, for women, but it is a natural fact. I mean, you can, you normally have the mother because of the connection and the natural thing of giving birth. They are the ones who are dealing normally with all these issues of staying home and, and taking more time to get back. But at the end of the day, I mean, you need to be able to to have the chance of explaining that you did this as a choice and that you're still capable of just working professionally and prepare yourself to go forward. So I think it's it's interesting because we we have had these discussions and now that I'm, I have met many of you guests, I think this is the moment that I'm kind of understanding how hard it is, but also how important it is to bring this up to them to the table and discuss this. Yeah, even, even like Nike had, uh, they made a video, I don't know if you saw it, Nike made a really cool video about it, it just showing like a lot of mothers uh, is still in sports and it's just, yeah, it's just like a beautiful video and, uh, and, and show like, oh, if you're strong enough to be a mom, you know, you can do, you can still do it. So I really like it. Always Nike, right? They're always kicking, kicking please, it out of the, of the stadium. <laughs> please sponsor this episode. <laughs> No, but yeah, now now back to your to your expertise. Between 2010 and 2016, you performed as a freelance web designer and social media, where you focus on training athletes and organization on content generation in social media. What is the most important lesson to take into account that probably for those who are really interested in all of these new jobs around social media? What is important when trying to position an athlete's brand within this huge competitive ecosystem of digitalization nowadays? Um, yeah, I feel uh, like I, I was talking to, to Katja uh, this week, we were talking about it, that in specifically in football, you know, sometimes there's a lot of drama and me, 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 you know, and, and, and we keep hearing the same things, you know, oh, we lack more investment, we lack more visibility, we lack more women working in sports, and, and I agree with all of this, uh, you know, uh, but in other hands, there's a lot of things we, we can do, and one of the things now that it's amazing, just like social media, everyone has seen the power of it, and we're talking just about it, I feel like, uh, you know, as I said, in organizations or athletes sometimes they're friends you know I would always like help them with tools and even today we have a lot of free tools that you can do like nice things you know and and you can and you you find like videos and tutorials how to use apps or how to do this and this uh, because we cannot just sit and wait you know oh let's wait the federation start to invest in the social media or my club you know uh, because in the end as a, an athlete, it's your career, you know, and why do people that are worried with their stuff? You should be worried if, if you, and as you know, now like athletes also a brand. So I, I feel like for me, like the, the great lesson is just, you need to, to believe, you know, to find like uh, your message or your why, you know, and, and the best person to show it is you, you know, and we know like in communication, again, the best thing, you can have like a video with the most famous people, you know, and a really nice music and nice uh, photos. But we know like that the best advertising is still the one-to-one uh, -one, or as you say in Brazil, the mouth-to-mouth, -mouth, you know. 
uh, because if you're friends and I tell you, oh my goodness, guy, you guys need to eat this burger in this place, you know, you're gonna go there because trust me. And this is why influencers are growing, you know, because now I'm not seeing that actor or singer that I maybe I'm a fan, but I I, I don't relate. You know, sometimes I'm seeing another mom with her mess hair and talk about some product, and of course, like it's closer to me. So like, well, yeah, if it works to her, it's gonna work for me. So, so it's the same. I feel like it's time for the athletes and humans football just to to use it to help to grow like their image, their brain. And as I said, we, we complain about visibility, uh, you know, but we could be doing a lot of more stuff. Uh, there's a lot of people like you guys are doing now, you know, you get together and start doing a podcast about it. Uh, you know, and I know there's a lot of hard work and but but you two are doing it and there's so many amazing work being doing over there but sometimes I feel some players they're still waiting you know like they're still waiting someone do something for them and so I I I just believe they should take advantage of the resources we have now the technology and even now in this COVID season that everything went online you know and everyone is online so as I said I feel also is a way to contribute like to help actually the growth of the game is just supporting them how to use also all these tools Great words and wise words over there because, yeah, I think it depends on us, right? It's it's about athletes, it's about the people working in the industry too, but here the question was about the athletes and it's exactly that. We use, I think I use this expression with you also, Lydia, and I use it with Maria that we are always pointing the finger to, to the others, but we, we never point the finger to ourselves. And we need to do that because we have this platform, we have this technology, I mean, Let's, let's give the example of Brazil, women's national team. Uh, a lot of the women working there or, or playing there, they, they are there for 20 years. I'm, I'm, I'm kidding, but at least 15 years, some of them, or 10 years. And, and one of them uh, said in the CBF course, uh, Christiane, she admitted that uh, only in to, uh, 2019, she turned out to be a brand. So... Only in 2019, she recognized she could be a brand. And she's playing mm -hmm. at high, highest level in their, in their country and all, all over the world because she played in France, in China. And only now she's taking advantage of these platforms. So it's up to the, the, the girls and the, the women already playing to understand, to look to their side and see what the, the others are doing and do it themselves. And one thing that I, I, I will leave here is, and it's my perspective, There's no one true formula to the success in the, on the social media. You can do it your own, at your own way and to achieve your goals. And with that, you can do whatever you, you want. But let's back to you right now. And <laughs> from 2016 until last year, you worked as a women's sport and social media consultant for Global Sports Partners. From your perspective, what are the main challenges at communicating women's football as a game or as a product? Why and what should a club invest in a position like yours? Yeah, we, as I said, like the global sports partners, they have uh, the, their focus, it's uh, improve performance, increase participation and inspire purpose. So, so connects really well with what I believe Uh, that I want to see also like humans football. 
Yeah, so it was really easy to connect like my heart with their hearts and, and do something together. But the biggest challenge is because the countries that normally we we are, that is a lot uh, like, yeah, not just in Cyprus, but countries like Middle East, some countries in Africa. Women's football is still a hobby or a social project. So they, they don't see it as a professional sport. So yeah, it's a big challenge. And then, I mean, we can not just say to all of the countries, but we need to go maybe you know, country by country, just see the real, reality, see how to, to start there. Um, so for example, some places like we need to start in grassroots, you know, uh, but some places I don't agree. And I will talk you later when, because I know you guys are going to ask about Cyprus, so I will save this for later. Uh, but in Cyprus, I, I will do the opposite. I will invest in the national team and I, I'm going to explain why. But why do I think they should invest in, in position like ours? It's just, it's just because... If you want to grow the game, we need more visibility. It's just simple like that, you know? And this is for me, it's one thing that sometimes doesn't make sense. You know, when I go to a federation page and I don't see anything about the national team or about the women's league, and we know UEFA, you know, we're okay, we're talking about Europe, but we know UEFA is saying more to the federations and part of this money should be invested in communications, you know? And again, as I said, Social media is over there for free. You have apps for free. So today there's no excuse, even like if you're like, oh, we don't have money to do it. Like, yes, uh, first you do, you know, uh, but second, if you didn't, uh, you still could do it for free, you know. So for me, it's, yeah, it's just simple like that. To grow the game, you need visibility. So to have visibility, you need to invest in communication. So... I think uh, along this this interview, there has been a lot of expectation on Cyprus. We have been discussing Cyprus in several questions already, but the, the big one or the first one to, to try and get to this position that you have now is how on earth a Brazilian ended up in Cyprus? I mean, when this opportunity appeared and also if you can tell us a bit, um, how is football in Cyprus? And probably, and I think Katia, wants to know this better, which is fandom. More like football, how is fandom, football fandom in this country? Yeah, well, I also have a Portuguese citizenship, so I am a fellow of uh, Katia. Uh, so me and my husband are talking about, you know, just moving to Europe. My brother, in that time, I was living in London, so we took a couple of weeks to visit him. And we had this friend uh, here in Cyprus, and of course, Cyprus is a pretty place everyone wants to come here to visit so I just text him so like oh any there's any chance you can spend you know a couple of weeks with you guys and in that same time we text him um he he, he just texts us back and said like yo I was just talking this week with a director of coach of a football academy they are needing an international coach uh so they made a proposal would you come for one season like for nine months So we just were like, well, let's take it and see how it goes, you know. And then we end up staying chill now. So this is how we we end up here in this tiny island, uh, beautiful place. We we love here so much. Um, but yeah, and yeah, Cyprus is a football crazy nation, believe it or not. Even when when they said about you know, Thiago is my husband. Oh, Thiago is gonna work in academy, in, my, in our mind, it's like, oh, maybe it's one of five academies that in the city, you know, but then you go here, I was impressed at so many academies, you know, it's like everywhere you see uh, football academies, or we live in Limassol, so our city is about like 100,000 
people and when you got here we had four teams in in the in the first division you know and Cyprus has four divisions uh for men's football uh and and yeah it's we've been a lot of games and when fans were allowed it's just yeah they're crazy about it but it's not a country of women's football uh and and we with women's football the, the experience was opposite or just frustration uh just i just so a, a short story to see one of the first players I met Cyprus, Margarita, and she invited me to watch the game of Cyprus against Bulgaria, like the women's national team. So when we're trying to find the stadium, we got lost. So my husband is, is stopping at gas station and he asked like, hey, do you know where Cyprus national teams play? And the guy's like, Cyprus what? And she said, oh, the women's national team. So like, Human's national team, Chagga, and then Chagga show the paper with the name of the address. And it's like, oh, I know this is state. So he explained us, he gave us directions. And then he looked to my husband and said, but look, if you get lost again, don't ask about human's football. No one cares here. Ask about the stadium. When he said it, I was so upset, you know. And when you got in the stadium, they had more fans of Bulgaria than, than Cyprus. It was just unbelievable, you know. So... So this is how uh, football is. Even now, I still talk to people. Sometimes they ask what I'm doing here. It's so like, oh, I work with Apollon ladies. And we have the Apollon also. It's like the Apollon what? It's said, ladies. Oh, a volleyball. I said, no, we have a, also a women's football team. You know, and they sometimes they think, oh, but it's like a, a professional team. It's like, yeah, it's a professional team. We play Champions League. Oh, really? We have team in Cyprus that play Champions League? And there's like, and, and I mean, Apollo is well-ranked in UEFA. I think he's, I don't know, like 35 or 30, you know, he's in the top 40 for sure. Uh, so, yeah, so it's just a shame. When I got here, we had 10 teams in the first division. Uh, here in Cyprus, just have one league, one division of women's. Uh, so, yeah, we have, when I got here, it was 10 teams, but now we just have eight. We had nine in the beginning of the, the season, but one drop, I don't know, round three or four. So we just have eight teams right now in Cyprus for women's football. First, it's, it's great to know <laughs> the teams you, uh, you have here there in, in, in Cyprus and also the fandom. But actually what you said about women's football, I have to say, sadly, and that is all, it's always the same story, right? Uh, that we are listening, for, unfortunately, um, in many places of the world. But actually, what we've been talking about in this interview is everything connected. This is what what happened to you over there in this in this small short story is uh, the proof of the lack of visibility, right? The fact that the women's team, the Hapalon ladies, they are always almost always on the Champions League and they are not recognized. Uh, it's also a sign of the lack of visibility. And uh, maybe we need more investment over there. Let's push it forward uh, and to do, want to do more. And even the players, everything that we talked here, I think it's everything connected. Everything needs to be in this, uh, towards the same direction. But for, to have this visibility, that's why we need people like you or, or people with the role, the roles in this case you had and you have. And you, you had a lot of roles or at least three <laughs> in, in Cyprus, in Apollon. Um, you worked, you performed as a social media consultant, a social media manager, and your current role as media manager. Can you please develop on your achievements when you were performing these these roles? And 
Are there any future goals to reach that you want to share with our audiences? Yeah. So we, as I said, when we, we got here, even like I couldn't find any information about women's football. And the reason I work with Chapolo ladies because they're the only team I found when I Google it, you know, because it's not like, oh, they have... They may have something. So, of course, when you Google Apollo ladies, you go to UEFA page of Champions League. You know, so I found them and I sent them my mail. So this is, they're like the first team I, I knew and the only team I knew in Cyprus. Uh, so this is why I they were my first connection. As I said, first training, I was super welcomed by Margarita. She was at the time a captain of uh, Cyprus national team and I was from Apollo ladies. Amazing person, great player. Uh, and yeah, she introduced me to the women's football uh, community here in Cyprus. So yeah, so and and she was the first that uh, called me. The first time when I started with social media constant, you know, was more really like helping them uh, how to build their image, like in the in the social media. But it was more during the Champions League time. You could see it was like a, a five six month period. So it was yeah, it was during like preseason in Champions League time, and then uh, we finished it. But then. Uh, last season, uh, Apollo ladies, they are really pursuing like to do different, to make story for Cyprus and uh, for the club and even like bring the the coach, uh, Ken B. I, I won't take a risk to say his last name because it's, he's from Sweden. Uh, and one season here still didn't learn how to do it. But, yeah, but Kim is, is a great coach and uh, the players they're bringing, yeah, we, we've had like an amazing roster. Uh, so what they're building now is really exciting. And, and even like, you know, getting like this role as media manager is because they've understood that they just don't need the social media, but we need to do more. And of course, it's still building, you know, as a media manager, I feel like my dream would be to have a team that some clubs have like five, six people just in media. You have just the graphic designer, the photographer, a videographer, storyteller, you know. So, yeah, so I, but I know this is, this is a structure. It's still so far away from uh, human football, unless you are really related to a big club, like a men's club that is really investing, uh, you know, that because, you know, if this, love UEFA and even Comebol in Brazil that every men's team needs to have a women's team. We know some clubs, they just give the jerseys, you know, and maybe 15 balls and some cones and okay, we're you're our team. But we also know that some clubs just, okay, if you have to do a women's teams, we want to do the same pressure doing the men's teams, you know. So we, we, we've seen it like in Brazil, what Corinthians is doing you know, Palmeiras now also, they start investing so much. So, yeah, so it has been, like, really cool to see that some clubs, they're understanding it and doing a, a good job. But, yeah, but I, I really believe, uh, you know, they're pursuing to keep growing, like, as a professional club. And and now for the future, it's still working. I feel now with the new format of Champions League, a lot of great news are coming. Some we cannot talk yet. Uh, we, we need to wait the Champions League. Uh, tell first and yeah, I just yeah I'm just so excited I, I really believe that this new format is going to be good for a country like Cyprus you know because uh, finger crosses for the draw you know to get a step four you know to go there and see Barcelona and Lyon it's like ah, you're just going there you know uh, so but now like with uh, more games and group stage and you know uh, I really believe it's it's gonna be 
uh, amazing. Just being on TV, the group stage, you know, the visibility is gonna grow so much. Uh, so I, I really believe this is this is the time to invest more, of course, in this area. So we can we cannot uh, openly support Apollon ladies because we have many many teams here. <laughs> no, no, I'm just kidding. But uh, but really, we uh, he, hearing you out, um, there is I can say some sense an eagerness to do a lot. And that's really important. At the end of the day, if we're talking on the positive side of starting from nothing in many of our countries, the, the, the possibilities are just every one of those uh, available out there. And I think they are all suitable for great businesses ideas. So I think what you're saying of the future of Apollon, I really hope you do well. I hope that you get to the <laughs> to Champions League. I mean, after all this, what you're saying to us and that you do well, I really want, and and I don't want to commit Katya because she she has many many teams <laughs> no. in her in her side. So <laughs> no, but no, seriously. And talking about the energy uh, of all these projects that you're mentioning, there is a common feature of your curriculum, which is that you have volunteer a lot. I mean, not only what we mentioned about the Chicago Eagles, you're always doing something else. And in this case, we want you we want you to develop a bit about two specific projects. First, you're managing the Cyprus Women's Football Project, where you want to equip footballers and develop their community. Can you please tell us a bit how was this born and, and what is the added value of the project? Yes, uh, as, as I mentioned like before, Cyprus is a football crazy nation, but not a women's football nation. Uh, so getting here couldn't find any information because there's few information and it's all in Greek. Uh, so the only thing I found, uh, the first team, as I said, I started working for Apollo Ladies because they're the only club I found and was welcomed by Margarita. So with her, I've learned a, a lot about the culture here, you know, and her story we would have a lot of coffees and she would share her story. And one thing, you know, that for me didn't make sense because uh, you can see there's so many so much passion for me margarita represents really well really well a Cypriot player they have so much passion and also they have another thing that i believe it's really important uh in human football i mean sports in team sports in general uh, they have such a good chemistry because it's a tiny island so much of them grew up together and they connect really well so they have like so much chemistry so so a lot of times like you know when apollo ladies we play uh, some clubs here, we can see it, you know, because some girls, they've been playing together for years and they have so much passion. And it's, it's a, some games are really hard to go through when you play against them. So I couldn't understand why the Federation was not investing in them. Uh, these Euro qualifiers was the first uh, official competition the national team uh, has been. You know, before it, they're just playing friendly games, you know. So my first, when I created the platform, my first idea was just like, okay, I want that people can find information about what is going on in the football side. So I had like the league, the box score, you know, schedule of the matches. Uh, I would go to the stadiums and, and ping it so we could find on Google Maps because believe it or not, four years ago, we, we missed so much games or we got lost because we couldn't find the stadiums. Yeah, Google Maps was really bad uh, right here. So you're doing it. So then the Federation created a better website and they also put it in English and was take a lot of my time to do the box score every single game. And I had to translate everything because I was in Greek. So I had this 
Google Translate page here and the website here, you know. Uh, so I, I stopped doing it. And then I started focusing more in empower and help the girls. And, and as I said before, the reason I believe you should invest in the national team, because here in Cyprus, besides all the problems human football face, here we have a huge one for me that we lack leaders. We lack our heroes. Uh, you know, and as a mom, I can see it. Kids, they need hero. You know, they need to see something. You know, my 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 kids, they are always looking someone, or they wanna do something because they saw someone doing it. You know, and why a girl in Cyprus should play football if she has no role models? You know, like I, I I'm talking a lot of good things about Margarita, and Margarita retired and she disappeared off football you know and I keep pursuing her so like no you need to come back and I'm I'm working hard on that because she's a really important figure in women's football here in Cyprus you know uh, and a lot of players that I saw playing in 2016 they're not playing anymore they're not involved in football anymore you know in Brazil you have the league growing the national team growing we, we are coming with a really uh, good youth uh, program because we, we have, yeah, like you said, Marta, Formiga, and now we have this Camelinha that being at this next generation of players, you know. Uh, so they have, for who they, they look to, or you see USA, you know, yeah, they have like Rapino and Alex Morgan. So they are seeing where they are getting, you know, the success. So, so we have heroes. But here in Cyprus, why a girl, you, as I said, why a girl is going to play soccer here, if oh, football here, if, you know, you won't get a salary you won't get a chance to play cool games with national team. I mean, now they're playing uh, official competitions, but two, two years ago, they're not. So there's like nowhere you could get for it. So they would just do it for fun, you know? So so this is why we, we start like this program. And as I said, my main goal now is just to find uh, these leaders and just helping them to get confidence and, and raise their voice and, so they can inspire the, the next generation. Uh, and to be honest, I really believe if the federation respect a little bit more, the national teams, like the players, we, we would see amazing things uh, in, in Cyprus women's football, like with, with the national team. I really believe they could make a story. Uh, and, and even if you see the story, Apollo ladies, we beat Yumeya. I don't know if I'm saying the name right, but this team in Sweden, in that time, I think they are, number two or three like in the uefa and apollo ladies are 64 or 60 something you know and they beat them for one and most of the team that time in apollo ladies they're cypriot players you know so again as i said they have so much chemistry so much passion that i really believe if the federation uh invest you know properly in the in the players uh we see great things and another problem is in cyprus we have a a huge gap of generation. If you get the UEFA reports, you see Cyprus numbers are growing. But if you see the age, we have a lot of girls playing, like 14, 13 years old. Maybe this number is growing, but we don't keep these players. Under 18, the, the drop is just like so... I, I don't have the exactly numbers right now. In my website, you can see it. But I remember we went to, I don't know, 1,000-something, in uh, the last report in 2017, we just had around 100 players over 18 years old. So if you see this number, you should be worried. Some while football is growing in Europe, why Cyprus is not giving the steps forward? 
And what, where is this generation? Where is Margarita and the next generation after her? Where are those players um, here in Cyprus? So we, we need to find them, empower them, so they can keep inspiring uh, the next generation. Please listen to this and we will take this part for sure <laughs> to create some content because I think it's very, very important what you have, what you've said now. And actually, we know that unfortunately is also a reality in other countries um, that we need to solve it. And I think there's, there is a, a, um, a sentence that I always use here. Marie already stole the sentence here too, but that translates everything. That is, if you need to see it to believe it. And probably when they, they reach a certain age, they don't see the future and, and they live the, the career apart and they start looking for other things. So they need to see actually what they can achieve. And this has to be a work that has to be done uh, from all of us. It's not only one, it's the, the, the kind of thing of pointing the finger again. It's not pointing the finger, it's look, look to ourselves uh, again. But let's talk about the other project that you have. You, you are a woman with a lot of cards to play. And alongside Christina Freda, you co-created co the um, project World of Women's Soccer. And you present it as your online source of women's soccer worldwide. Or in another uh, type of language as you use it, it will be the airport of women's football, right? It will be like that to make the connections. So what shall we expect from this project and what are your future plans with this platform? Yeah, so yeah, so Gina, uh, uh, Christina Freda, she's really looking forward to be the biggest platform in, in women's football. Uh, yeah, she says soccer because she's American, you know, so I, I couldn't convince her to change for football. Uh, but anyways, and, and to be honest, I really, really believe we can do it because we, we've worked so hard uh, in the in the past year, but we haven't touched it in the last six months because, yeah, Christina, she's still playing professional. In last season, she was playing, you know, uh, Champions League and she played Champions League to Glasgow, uh, you know, during pre-season and then she came back to Apollo Ladies uh, because of the COVID season. All the games are, are all together and then she was playing the Euro qualifier and she's also... Uh, she has a uh, she's American, but she has a Cypriot citizenship uh, and playing the league here. Uh, plus all, all the restrictions and you know this mess that COVID season has been. Uh, and for me as well, working and as a mom and having kids going to school and having school at home, it, we we had to to give a break. But we have plans to come back to it as soon as possible. And as you said, catch our idea is this: like we. We want to be airport. We don't want to be the final destination. We just want to, you know, people come to us and find the information they need. And then they go there because this is what you see. There's so many people doing great things in football, you know, like you guys doing podcasts and, you know, another people doing podcasts and people doing like blogs and different things, but they're always spread. And if you don't know them, like if you don't have a friend that send you this or that, it's just so hard uh, to find those information. So we just want to, even like leagues also, uh, we we got really impressed because what we, we've done, me and Christina, we went federation by federation. So we start, you know, like coming balls, so we went to Brazil and then Uruguay, Paraguay and getting, uh, and getting like the league. So of course, some for me, like coming balls, that is one. But then when you go to OFC and even CONCACAF, I got 
to be real, there are some countries I had no idea their countries. And also, like, I saw the names, it's like, what a, what a heck, where is it in, in the globe, you know? And then most surprises to see, like, oh, and they have women's football there, you know? So, so as, as a mix, some countries would be pretty sure we find information and got there site was a mess, federation doesn't care. And then some countries that we had no idea they exist, you go to their website and they have a really cool league for women and structure over there. So we had bad and good surprises. Um, so, so you just want to have a place, as I said, that people can, you know, if people are moving to some place or residing or they just are curious, like, I don't know, I want to know what's happening in Bangladesh, you know, they can just come to our website and then find what is going on in human's football there. So, so yeah, so this is why you're hoping to, to build in this year and, and you'll see how it goes. Probably we, we need help. So if you're listeners, just join us. <laughs> I already get Katya. So, so sorry, Maria, if, if she stopped helping you, it's because it's our fault. <laughs> <laughs> not to worry, not to worry. I'm sure that Katya has more than 24 hours during her day. She's always doing a lot of things, so I, I can lend, uh, borrow, you can borrow her from me. <laughs> no, no, but just kidding. Uh, it sounds like a lot of work. I mean, because this is something we have also tried in Two Goals Podcast, which is trying to talk to as much people, but from diverse countries. And we have learned a lot about geography. I mean, we are just like you, like, okay, now we know where Cyprus is and now uh, we know where Guam is and because we, we're always just checking everything from our countries and it's good to compare. So Lydia, unfortunately, we're coming to the, the end of this interview, but we had this scoop and if this is not true, blame Katya. She did the research on this part. No, but just um, she, she told me <laughs> that you were moving back to Brazil very soon. So could you please develop about the future? Do you intend to contribute developing the women's football there? Are there any projects related to these platforms as well? Could you please tell us what is the future for you right now? Uh, yeah, I'm moving back to Brazil. This is uh, uh, it's true. I mean, Lord willing, and, and the airport being open, still some countries are close to Brazilians. And my husband just have the Brazilian passport, so it's a challenge. Uh, for us right now to travel through Europe. But anyways, yeah, our plan is to go back now end of May. Uh, and I I will uh, keep involved with my Cyprus women's football and and also with uh, Europe human soccer because it's technology. We can still keep connecting doing those things. But yeah, but our I feel like our professional experience here, my experience with Apollo ladies and uh, also my husband, he, he played uh, futsal here. And because our personal experience about being foreigners here in Cyprus. And also we are a good connection for another uh, international players from men's football, men's futsal, women's football for the foreigners. We, we would be a reference because they're here longer, you know, so it helped them in their daily lives and routine. So we found another uh, passion that we know it's growing now in some countries that they call player care uh, that, when I heard first, I was like, oh, what is player care? So when I start reading about it, it's like, oh, a lot of things we've done here, uh, even with Apollo ladies. Uh, so it's an area we love. I mean, we just just because we love making friends and, and helping people. Uh, 
So we we're really looking forward. Uh, we haven't heard a lot about it in Brazil. We've talked to some coaches like him's football and yeah, and we know there's nothing happening there. So we, we cannot see right now um, how to do in Brazil, but we are really looking forward to start something related to player care uh, in Brazil. So we don't know if working with a club or just starting something so we can help clubs and we can help players. So we also can understand how to do it in Brazil uh, because sometimes people just do uh, control C, control V, and we need to understand realities, uh, different realities. So yeah, so we we we've studied a little bit about it, and we are looking forward to start something in player care uh, back in Brazil. So we'll see how how it goes. You're looking forward, and we are looking forward to because it's a, an area that is very very um, much needed in women's football to take care of the players. It be it as a club or as an independent business or as, as whatever you want to call it. So, Lydia, we've reached the end of this episode, but we are certain that it is not the end of our work together, as Two Goals Podcast is probably involved with your Cyprus Women's Football Project, aiming to develop and empower the women's game in the Cypriot country and we hope also all over the world. There is one thing we are certain of. Uh, we need more people like you working tirelessly to elevate women's football to the next level. And we hope to hear from you and your projects in Brazil very soon. So, Lydia, thank you for being here with us today. Yeah, thank you guys again for having me. And yeah, I'll be following you guys also. And yeah, I love seeing all the different people we've been uh, putting together. And I, as I said, I love what you guys are doing because I, I really believe in it in reducing this gap, you know, between the big names and people like me, US football. So it's really cool. You guys are bringing everyone together. So yeah, keep doing the great job and thank you again for the opportunity. Thank you, Lydia. And to all of you, don't forget to listen to the other episodes on the usual podcast platforms and also on YouTube. Follow us on our social media with the name Two Goals Podcast. Thank you and take care.